I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, October 10, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have a lot of stuff to discuss today. It doesn't look like it on the chart, but it was a pretty wild day when you consider the overnight activity between Wednesday night and Thursday morning. The market looked like it was going to collapse. In fact, I think it was taking place around the time I was either making the video yesterday or maybe just finished the video and I kind of looked at myself and said oh I'm gonna feel like a fool because everything I just said was related to the ABC pattern obviously I gave both sides of the market and we knew what the story was if we begin trading below the low down at 285 even down below the low from yesterday or the prior day was the line in the sand that would likely bring in the 200 period moving average and the prior lows right into vision however The market turned around, and by the time we found ourselves at this morning's opening bell, the market was basically going to trade higher today, and that was indicative of something. So we're going to discuss that. We're going to discuss a lot of stuff in this video. We're going to obviously discuss the continuation of what I think to be an ABC pattern. Now, if you just showed up today and you don't know what I'm talking about, it's basically this here. So we have a move off the low. We have a pullback that looks like the market's going to collapse, gets everybody bearish, everybody buys puts. Then they get a pie in the face as the market goes up to complete the ABC pattern, which would be complete once the market is above the high of the A leg. Now, does the market have to do that? Absolutely not. This is just something that we discuss a lot. We talk about it all the time. Why is that? Because the market does it all the time. It's not just the S&P. It happens on all charts, all time frames. It's really the method by which the market trades. The market ebbs and flows. The market goes up, gets everybody bullish, gets everybody on board. Last in, first out. The market pulls back. It does a garden variety retracement. All of a sudden, it starts heading in the other direction. The people that thought it was collapsing, that bought puts on the way down, get the pie in the face, and it goes back up. It happens on 5-minute charts, 15, 30, 60, and on and on and on. It happens on all time frames, in all markets, on all charts. The market doesn't always trade that way, but it happens quite frequently. That's why we talk about it all the time. Now, let's get down to some brass tacks. Where are we? What's going to happen going forward? We need to know some information. It's enough with the rhetoric. Give me something I can chew on. Well, how about this? How about if we lay out an idealized schematic of what I think is going to happen over the next, let's just say, two to three trading sessions? Maybe it's a little bit more, but this is the concept of what I'm looking at. Before I get to that, let me throw you a short hop for a second. Let's go look at another chart. I'll give you a little suspender right there. I think in TV land, they call that a tease. Here's the S&P E-mini futures chart. It's an hourly chart. It's also the continuous chart, meaning the non-pit session chart. What's the difference? The pit session chart, which is what you're looking at now, doesn't include the overnight activity. That's why you see the gaps. However, if you want to see all the activity, it's basically the round-the-clock chart 
Obviously, the futures close periodically at the end of the day, but then they reopen again. And what we're looking at here is the collapse last night. So this goes all the way down to a low of 2881.75. Who knows exactly where it's going to stop? It stops on a dime turns around and goes the other way. Now, at the time, you don't know whether the market's going to collapse, meaning the trap door's going to open and we go down another 100 handles, or you don't know they're going to turn around and we wake up to green on the screen and all of a sudden, next scene shows, the S&P futures are up 23 points at the end of the day. Who knew that was going to happen? Nobody. It's a rodeo, but it's indicative of a couple of things. So we always want to be able to take away from what the market is doing. There's always takeaways. We can always learn something. Knowledge is power. So what did I learn from that shenanigans last night? Well, when we go over to a daily chart, we see something interesting. The market spiked through the prior day's low, turned around, and started back the other way. Now, in hindsight, playing Monday morning quarterback... We can see that basically it was a test, a spike through the low. The market turned around and went the other way. Now look where it closed. It closed above the moving averages. That's positive. There's no two ways about it. The spider chart closed below the 50 period moving average, but above the 100 period. So there is a slightly different look between the futures and the SPY, which is more or closer related to the S&P cash index. Here's the SPX, which is the cash index. And you'll note the SPX cash index closed above the 50 period moving average. Now, what's another takeaway from this chart? Did we close above or below the gap that was filled today? We closed below it. So here's the gap. As far as I'm concerned, the gap is at 2938.79 and we closed at 2938.13. Is that an accident or a coincidence? Of course not. Now we go back to the futures chart. There's no gap on the futures chart. Why? Because it's a futures chart. The only time you're going to see a gap on the futures chart is when it gaps up or down Sunday to Monday. So here's a gap over here in the middle. I don't know if you could see that. Let me just point it out using a thing. So here's a gap. Here's a gap. But most of the time, you're not going to see big gaps in the futures chart. And when there are gaps, they're generally filled so you don't notice them. Let's just take stock from the daily chart. Look where the 20-period moving average is. Comes in around 2963.64. Just take note of that. From an intraday perspective, that would normally be garden variety, chart resistance or overhead resistance, at least for a period of time. Where's the 50-period moving average from today? 29.36. So let's go check out and see if what I just said pans out. There's 29.36. Let's go down to an intraday chart and see if 29.36 had any meaning today. Here's a five-minute chart. This is a pit session chart. So let's identify where today begins. We have to get our point of reference. The vertical line is on the first five-minute candle of the day. Everything to the right of that is today's activity. So you can see what happened once the market did run up to 29.36. Got above came back to retest it, and then it played chop shop for a while until the end of the day when the market pushed higher a little bit. That's one of the main reasons why we look at a variety of different charts because price may be coming into an important area on one chart 
and it doesn't look like an important area on another chart, so it becomes a mystery to a lot of traders. Why did the market stop there? Why did the market turn around there? Why did the market take off from there? All those things, if you're not looking at a variety of different charts, you're not going to know the answer the majority of the time. Now we'll get back to the SPY chart, and I just want to finish that thought for a moment about the meaning of the fact that they dropped them real fast overnight, but recovered. So it was basically a recapture, a recovery, whatever you want to call it. It can't be bearish, it's bullish. The only reason for the recovery is because somebody didn't want the market to be down there. It's just that simple. If it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's a duck. Now, fast forward to the trading day of today, meaning Thursday, the market's trading higher, it's bullish, and therefore, what it's telling me, and again, this is somewhat of an opinion mixed in with experience and technical analysis, but what it's telling me is that the ABC pattern that I've been harping on for a while is still on the table. Now, here's where you want to pay attention. We know from a, and here's some air quotes, we know from a textbook or official type of meaning the abc pattern will officially complete once price spikes above or peaks its head above the high 295.26 that doesn't have to be the high they can certainly go a lot higher they can go into the 20 period moving average they can work their way if they're going to go up at all they can work their way up toward the top of the breakdown candle high we know that we've seen that routine many times before and I'm just noticing something right now. So it's about 4.35 in the afternoon as I make this video. The market, meaning the futures, just opened back up for a sputter. They'll close back again at, I believe, 5 p.m. And here we go. Let's look at a five-minute chart, and you can see what's going on here. So fool me once, like yesterday, that's okay. Fool me twice, shame on me. So here they go. I have no idea what the news is. I saw it out of the corner of my eye, so you're seeing it in real time just like I am. Well, you're not seeing it in real time. I'm seeing it in real time. Now, whether or not they pull back, we have no idea. Again, I have no idea what the news is, but here's what we can see. What is this, by the way? Even on the five-minute chart, you can see this. So here's an up move. So here's a flagpole. Here's a flag. So it's a bull flag pattern. And what are they doing? They're breaking out of the bull flag pattern. You can even see it on the five-minute chart. All right, we got to get back down to business. I can't be looking at the market while I'm trying to teach something meaningful. Where were we? We were at, pay attention to this because I'm going to give you the schematic of what I think's going on. And here's the thing. Here's what you really have to know. If you've taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, you're going to understand exactly what I'm talking about because time is almost up. Now, the market can go higher for weeks on end. I get that. But in terms of what I teach, the way I teach, and why the market may turn around in certain areas that it does when price matches up with time, time is more important than price. I can't say that enough. So here's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the price. I'm also understanding we're coming into an important time zone. If you took the course, you know what I'm talking about. If you didn't, you may or may not know. You should know. If you know, it'll help you. If you don't, 
It's like a mystery. But let's just put it this way. Let's say whether it be Friday, whether it be Monday, if we find the market up above that 20-period moving average but below the breakdown candle high, I will be putting back on the short position that I took off, meaning the other 25% is still on. I will put on the 75% that I took off and booked profit. I will put that back on if we get up there within the next couple to three trading days. Outside of that, I would have to reassess. But as I sit here today, looking at the market, looking at the schematic, looking at all the things that I've seen before, I will be reinstituting a short position if, in fact, that plays out. Where am I wrong? A daily close above the high of the breakdown candle. The high is 298.46. I want to take the trade as close to that price as possible. I don't think I'll take it all in one spot, but that's the objective because I know that a daily close above that and certainly two daily closes above that, and I have to reassess the trade. It could be wrong, but it would be wrong small and fast. And that, my friends, is how you treat and run this as a business. You have a plan, you execute on the plan, you know your entry, you know your preferred entry, you know your exact exit and why, and the trade under normal garden variety market conditions, if that setup took place, that trade's going to work 80% of the time. It's the 80-20 rule. That's just the way it is from where I sit. Maybe it's 72.7% of the time, but from where I sit, from a conceptual standpoint, it's the 80-20 rule. And that's it. Now, what's the other side of all that? The other side of all that is we get some kind of nonsensical news once again out of a China trade no deal, 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 no deal. And you wake up instead of a recovery of the market, you wake up to a flush down, a gap down, a trap door, an absolute thrashing. You start trading below these lows down here. The low is 288.49. You start trading below that. And the 200 period moving average comes right into vision. And I'm not sure they stop there. They probably keep going. We'll discuss it if it happens. Inside the numbers, members will have a beat on it either way. Speaking of which, I'll let you get a peek at Inside the Numbers in case you're interested to participate. Here's part of the pre-market morning notes. Here is the rest of the market morning notes or the pre-market morning notes, pardon me. And then as we go forward, you see what happened throughout the morning session We started about 9.21, which was actually before the opening bell, just trying to provide my morning thoughts. And you scroll up. You can obviously pause this and read for yourself if you're interested. If you're not, you can just fast forward past it and go from there, 10 o'clock, and then it goes on from there. And I'm not even going to bother. We had a pretty good beat on it. It was bullish. It was bullish until it wasn't. That's just the way it is. Sometimes we want to believe that the market is going to come down because of all the reasons why we know that it should be coming down. But that doesn't mean the market will come down on our time frame. The market's going to do what the market's going to do on its own time frame, not because we think it should be doing something because the economy is bad or they're printing too much money or whatever the case may be. There's a thousand reasons why the market climbs the wall of worry on a constant basis. How about Camp IWM? What's going on over there? Do we have any information that we can use, whether it be in the bullish or the bearish camp? Well, what's the first thing that jumps off the chart at me is, did they fill the gap? And the answer is, no, they didn't. 
So it's interesting that they came up short. Is that an accident or a coincidence? No, that's the market's way of saying, hey, we're a little weaker than it might look. They didn't fill the gap. That doesn't mean they won't do it tomorrow, but they didn't fill the gap, so we take it at face value. Walks like a duck, talks like a duck. It's generally a duck. Any other information from the IWM? Was it leading the market one way or the other? So the spider was up about 1%. The IWM was up less than 1%. So we can't get any information from that. Pardon me. I'm looking at that after hours stuff again. The SPX cash index was up 6 tenths of 1%. The IWM was up, I believe, a little less than that on market close. What we're looking at is, again, that after hours activity. What's the after hours activity? It's probably more rumors or information or tweets about the China trade deal. That's just the environment we're in. You have to accept it. It is the rodeo as a result of the China trade deal. So I guess what we'll call it is the China rodeo. And there you have it. That just became the thumbnail title of the video. You just saw creativity in real time. That's about as far as I can go in terms of being creative. What else do we have in the IWM? We don't have much. The IWM is weak. Even if the market rallies up for a couple of days, like the schematic we just discussed in the SPY, if that happens, everything's going to go up together. It's all the same market. We talk about that all the time. So they'll fill the gap. They'll test that high. Maybe they'll get into the 50-period moving average. But look where we are on the chart. It's going to be another leg lower. That's just the way it works. That's what this chart is telling you. There's another leg lower until and less we can get back above those moving averages and close above the breakdown candle high. I don't see that happening anytime soon. You're going to need three deals in China for that to happen. About the transports, my second favorite market leading indicator, the IWM is number one, transportation department number two. Guess what? Different look, different looking chart. We look at each chart independent of one another. That's why we run through chart after chart after chart. We're looking for stuff. I found something. The transports is my favorite canary in the coal mine, right? How long have we been talking about that? Forever. For as long as you've been listening to me. I've been talking about it for way longer than I've been making these videos. The transports finished near the highs. They filled their gap that they didn't fill yesterday. They seem to be a step or two ahead of everybody else. It's a canary in the coal mine. I think we're going to find our ABC pattern complete. We're going to find the transports somehow working their way up into that 50-period moving average. If I'm right, that's what's going on. If I'm wrong, A, it won't be the first time, and I'll have a pie in the face. I'm just giving you what the market is telling me. I'm basically reading the market and regurgitating it back to you. It's like reading a book and explaining what the book's about to somebody else. I'm reading the market and I'm telling you what the book's about. The only problem with that is, was there a hidden chapter that they didn't show me? Who has the hidden chapter? Trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. That's who. So net, net, longer term perspective, transports are weak. Shorter term... They're showing strength. That's why you have to understand there's a difference between the short term and the long term. I get this a lot. Hey, you said the market was going to do this three weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. We did it twice since then and we did 42 other things since also. When you're in this game, when you're in this business, if you want to be a trader, you have to adjust to the current market conditions. 
If it's a rodeo, trim down your position size. If it's something so obvious the 80-20 rule looks like a layup, those are the times when you can ramp up your position size. As long as you're close to risk, you know where you're wrong, and you're willing to cut and run. What we don't do is trade on hopium. We have a big enough hopium problem in this country. We don't need to trade on it. How about the cues? They're going to go and challenge that downsloping trend line again. It'll be interesting to see if, in fact, and that's an upsloping trend line for those of you wondering, it will be interesting to see if, in fact, they can close the day and, by the way, the week above that trend line, the week closes tomorrow. By the way, let me show you something else. Speaking of week, I can't help but show you this today. I was going to wait until tomorrow. Hopefully, I'll do a weekend video, but I'm not 100% sure. But here's the weekly chart of the SPY. Now, you see the test of 285 last week. Look where we are. This is what I'm looking at. I'm giving you a lot in this video tonight. I'm looking at this breakup candle low. Look where we are. Until and unless we close below that breakup candle low, this is a bullish chart that will likely play out to the upside. However, if we get below and start closing even daily below that breakup candle low, all bets are off. We talked about that a few days ago. What's that number? That low is 289.27. You think 289.27 is important? Well, there's a line. Let's go find out. You think? I would say so. 289.27 was important. A few pennies below, a few pennies above. Doesn't really matter, but you can see it crystal clear. I mean, if you can't see that that's important right here, and we took off from there, then turn the computer screen on. It's just the speakers. That, my friends, is important as the day is long. I don't remember what day it was, but we talked about that number a few days ago. Do you think inside the numbers members had a beat in and around that number when it happened? Yeah, I would say so. Ask them. Financials. Daily chart. Below those moving averages somewhat weak. However, they're going to rise along with the market if the market's going to rise. Maybe for a day or two or three, but that's what's going to happen. Do you think they can get through the breakdown candle high right up here, even if they spike up? So the high is 28.15. Do you think they're just going to walk right through or waltz right through that number if, in fact, they even get up there? I'm not saying they will get up there, but if, in fact, we get some kind of news, the market loves it, we're gapping higher, it's Friday tomorrow, they want to finish on a Friday high, we see that all the time. So let's say that's happening tomorrow. In my wildest dreams, I wouldn't expect them to close the day tomorrow above 28.15. That's just the way it works. So, here's a deal. If in fact, some crazy thing happens and the XLF is up, at 28, 28, 15, at some point tomorrow, do you think that's a short trade close to risk, even if it's for a scalp trade? And the answer is, yeah, if you get above 28, 15, my guess is they'll come back down below 28, 15 before the closing bell. That's the way I see it. Again, 80-20 rule. That'll be right like 80% of the time or more. Now, if we were trading up in that neck of the woods for the last four or five days, I wouldn't be saying that. But look how far away we are. They're not going to just waltz right through it. Again, it may not happen in the XLF, but this is a chart lesson. It's not just relating to the XLF chart or this chart in particular. It relates to any chart that has a setup that looks like that. I'm really giving you a lot in this video. But wait, there's more. The smash, the SMH. 
We've been discussing the fact that this is another potential canary in the coal mine. It is a good leading indicator of the tech space itself, and it wasn't nearly as bearish as everything else. We talked about it every single day. Look where we are. Now, we're above the 20-period moving average on close. Same routine we always talk about. The 20 is not really that important, by the way. For that matter, neither is the 50. We've been beating on these moving averages too much. Therefore, it's not as important as it once was or would have been if we come from afar. However, either way, we're above the moving averages. It can't be bearish. That's the point that I want to get across. Doesn't mean the SMH won't come down if the trap door opens tomorrow or some other day. I get that. We're just looking at the chart. We're giving you the analysis. That's the analysis. It's not bearish. And with that, folks, I'm out of gas. Good place to pull the ripcord before I do... I just want to say how much I do appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible, so thank you very much. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.